Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Guys, I don't know if you know, but General Booth, right, the founder of the Salvation Army, he tells a story that's very interesting. He told the story of a man who had been working in the gold fields, okay, the, and, 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 and the gold mines, and basically what happened is he acquired a ton of worth. He had found all this gold, and he was getting rich, and, and, and basically, man, he was like, man, this is so good, and he got on a ship, guys, he was on a ship, and when he was on the ship, it began to sink, and he's like, what? No, we're in the middle of the ocean. How could this be? Now, the lifeboats were lost, and the people there were just really freaking out. They were without hope. And the man thought, okay, I, I think I think I could fight my way to the shore. I think I can fight the waves to the island. And, and just about when he was going to jump in. Now, you got to remember, he's got a belt full of gold. Just about when he was about to jump in, a little girl taps on his shoulder whose mother was lost in the storm. And she asks him, can you imagine, sir, can you save me? He looked at the belt of gold, and he looked at the child, and he looked at the belt, and he looked at the child again. And story goes, he threw the belt of gold away. He took her on her back, threw himself into the sea. He struggled, he struggled, he struggled through the waves, With life almost gone, he reached the land. The next day, when he regained consciousness, the little girl put his arms around his neck and her lips on his cheek and said, I'm so glad you saved me. And that was worth more than all the gold in Australia. General Booth goes on to say, that's the sole winner's reward. For you and I to walk on heaven's streets of gold, for someone to come up to us and go, I'm so glad you told me about Jesus. You don't know this, but that day I surrendered my life to God. I can't wait for that day. Guys, the way we live this side of heaven, we'll never know who we impact that side. We never know who's going to go, hey, because of you. Because you were nice to me at the grocery store. Because every other customer has flipped out, but you, you, you smiled and you said, it'll be all right. And you told me about the love of Jesus. See, I, I want you to think about this, guys. I want you to think about this. When our Jesus, guys, when he came into the world, he, I mean, he changed the world forever, didn't he? He really did. And you have people with their hands in their pocket and a frown on their brow, and they said, well, I just don't believe Jesus. No, he changed everything. As a matter of fact, the first thing, for example, is time. He changed time. You go, what do you mean? Well, think about this, right? He, he changed how we measure time. But before, we called it B.C. What is B.C.? Before Christ. And then after Jesus, we called it what? A.D., Anno Domini, right? The year of our Lord. He changed time. And I think of my Jesus as the central figure of history. And more books have been written about Jesus than any other person in history. You go, Pastor, what is your point? Here's my point. Jesus 
listen to me, impacted everyone. He impacted everyone. He was for everyone. And while there wasn't a person while Jesus was on the earth that he didn't help or he didn't minister to or he wasn't open to. You see, he was not a rich man's God, nor he was a poor man's God. When Jesus was on the earth, Jesus made a difference in everybody's life. And when we read the scriptures, church, listen, everyone, listen, everyone who had an encounter with Jesus, their lives were forever changed. You see, I'm not talking about when you meet a stranger and you go, hey, how are you? Good to see you, sir. And we tip our hat. And we, I'm talking about a full encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life has changed. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's why you're here. You go, man, I used to. And I, I'm changed. I'm changed. It's just, wow. Now, think about this. Because to Jesus, people mattered most. You see, he was about people. He loved people. His heart was to see them saved. And even today, Carmen, guess what? People are going, well, why isn't Jesus returned? You said he was going to come back in 1988. You said in 1996. You guys, you guys are crazy. He's never come. Listen, the reason why he is waiting is because he wants to see people saved. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only. You guys, you understand he bankrupted heaven. Before the foundation of the earth was ever done, he says, you're going to go die for these people. They, they need you. They need you. Oh, yeah, they're skeptics. Oh, there's people. I just, I don't know. But, but I'm still waiting. And aren't, think about the day you got saved. Think about the day you got saved. What if Jesus had come one day before that? Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, see so, so he's waiting. And even today, all around the world, guys, churches are, pro- are proclaiming the gospel. And they're wanting people to surrender. The pastor should get up behind the pulpit, and he should preach the word of God, and he should say, listen, here's the invitation. If there's anyone here that wants to be saved, today's the day. And hands across the world should go up saying, today's the day, just like we did. We came forward and we prayed a prayer and we were impacted by Jesus and we were changed. We were changed. So I believe, guys, if Jesus believed that people mattered the most, I think his church should be the same way, don't you? I think his church should be the same way. Wherever we're planted, guys, whether you're in Lubbock, Texas, or around the world, there should not be one street that's not occupied with a follower of Jesus. You go, Pastor, what do you mean? Uh, there should not one be one be one place in our city that we're not occupying as believers. Every single street in our city should have the light of the gospel from Christians just like you and just like me. I believe that. You go, Master, I'm not sure what you mean. We are, listen to me, we are here to shine the light of the gospel to all people. That's what we're here for. Okay? That's what we're here for. We're supposed to shine the light in dark places. Now, guess what happens? When you shine the light in a dark place, it's not a pretty sight. 
Okay, we think that we're going to shine the light. Listen, when the light shine is clean, when the light is shine, it's all pretty. But you go into a dark spot, guess what? There's not, it's not clean. It's actually pretty yucky. And when we come, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to shine the light in the dark places. And we come in with the light of Jesus and guess what we see? Well, we see rats running around and we see cockroaches and we see dirt and we see filth and none light never touches that. But that's what we're called to do. Spiritually speaking. And what happens is the Christian gets to, oh, no, I would know. Oh, yuck. And that's not what God has called us to do, church. He's called us to shine the light when people who need it the most. Guys, we are living in a world that is broken. It's even, it's even more fractured than ever before. There's more suicide going on today than ever before. People have no hope. And you and I, we're holding the light of hope in our hearts and going, come on, come on. You got to see, I've got the answer. My Jesus is the answer. He can impact. If he changed me, he can change anybody. If he changed Brother Joe, he can change anyone. Listen to his testimony. Hey, where, where's Pastor So? If he changed Pastor So, he can change anyone. That's So's testimony. Guys, one of our core values at Calvary Chapel is this. You ready? We will do whatever it takes to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll reach the churched, the unchurched, listen to me, and those nobody wants. That's our core value. We're going to do whatever it takes to reach the church, those that were brought up in church, those were the churchy people. (laughs) We're going to reach the unchurched, those who have no idea what church is about. How do we behave? How do I look? You know the ones, right? You know the ones that come in and go... I don't have any good clothes to go to church. And you go, hey, that doesn't matter. Come to church. Yeah, but I'm all tatted up. I'm all, that doesn't matter. Those are unchurched. And then what about those that nobody wants? How dare us in the body of Christ look out those doors and turn people away for how they look? How dare us judge people based on how they look, what color of skin, and those are God's creation. And we need to be the one, that, this, is, this is who we are. Man, come on in. Now, let me say this, okay? At Calvary Chapel, it's okay to not be okay. Come on, somebody. But it's not okay to stay that way. Okay? We have discipleship, we have the Word of God. It, the Word should change you and impact you. It's okay not to be, oh, man, I'm a mess up. Amen. Join the club. We're the bunch of biggest misfits there is, right? You know what we are, church? You know what we are? We're the rack at the department store that nobody wants. We're, <laughs> we're the, oh, yeah, that's clearance. That's like double clearance. That's like, we couldn't get rid of that. That's you and I hanging there going, nobody wants us. And my Jesus walks by and goes, I'll take the whole thing. I'll take the whole thing, right? That's what I'm talking about, guys. That's what I'm talking about. Now, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Listen, listen. Let's make sure that we're not a church that's missing the point. Okay? You go, missing the point? Yeah, like, there are some amazing people who seem to miss the point of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. They've, they've missed the point. Really? 
Yeah, let me illustrate it this way. It's a story of my two girls now. Talia up here was leading worship, and she has a sister, okay, three years younger. And when they were little, this is a cute story, okay? This is a cute story. Now, when I was starting out to be a pastor, I told my girls that anytime I used them as an illustration that I had to pay them five bucks. So, Tal, I owe you five bucks. But here's the story. Check it out. One day when they were little, how old were you, Tal? Were you about six? Five, six? They asked Mama for gum, okay? Mom, can we have some gum? Right? Now, Mama said no. Can I get an amen, moms? Mom? Okay, Joe, thanks, but that was moms, but that's okay. <laughs> Guess what they did, Joe? They both, both of my girls proceeded to dig in mom's purse, find the gum, take it without permission. Now, of course, guess what? Mom busts them, okay? Because the Bible says, your sin will find you out, right? Okay, so mom busts them. And her comment to them is she said, okay, let's see what daddy has to say about this when he gets home. The reaction from both girls, this is the reaction, okay? Talia, the older one, knows that taking gum from mom's purse is wrong. So guess what she starts doing? She starts crying, have mercy. I'm literally, have mercy on me. I'm sorry. She's going through the whole, please forgive me. Forgive me as Jesus forgives you. No, she didn't say that, but you know what I'm saying. She was, she was, she was, she was remorseful. She was begging for mercy. Dad's looking at her and she's crying out. She knows she's busted, can't be trusted. She's asking for mercy. The younger daughter, Miranda, she's not crying. She's not crying. She looks at her mom. She looks at me. She looks at her mom, and she makes this statement. Now, she's like three years old, can barely talk. She looks at her mom. She goes, you shouldn't have told. She used those words. You shouldn't have told, right? Now, if you need me to translate it, here's what she was saying. Snitches get stitches. That's what I'm telling you right there. That's not what she said, but you know what I'm saying, right? You shouldn't have told. If you would have, mom, if you would have just not said anything, we wouldn't be in this mess. This is the three-year-old. No repentance, no remorse. The other one's crying. Oh, my God, sorry, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Right? You go, Pastor, what was the point? Listen, my little one, three years old, she missed the point. She missed the point of mom and dad telling her and teaching her about stealing. Jesse, you know what I'm talking about? They missed the point. It's okay. When you're a three-year-old and you miss the point, it's cute. But I think as Christians, I think we sometimes miss the point. And we miss the entire point of what Jesus says to follow him. Listen to the way Jesus puts it in Luke chapter 14. Uh, I'm reading from the Good News Translation. I think Josh is going to have it up there. Listen, he says this. Those who come to me, listen to what he says, cannot be my disciple. Why, Lord? Unless they love who? Me more than they love father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, themselves as well. Those who do not carry their own cross and come after me, help me, church, cannot be my disciples. That's what Jesus said. 
Okay? Jesus said, now here's the point. If we believe that being a Christian simply means coming to church, singing a few songs, hearing the message, that's pretty good, Pastor. Pretty good. Pretty good. Just enough church to claim Christianity, then I believe we're missing the point. I believe we're missing the point. He's not a Christian author, but Jim Collins wrote a book. He wrote a book from good, from good to Great, and it sold more than a million copies. Now, his first sentence captures the main point. It says this, good is the enemy of great. And Collins believes that most organizations fail to become great because they are good. And we settle for good, and good is good enough for most people. But I believe, guys, as a pastor... I think so many of my precious brothers and sisters, they kind of feel the same way. They, well, church, listen, they read their Bibles and they attend church and they give offerings and they pray over meals and those are all good things. Can I get an amen? Amen. But maybe the good is the enemy of the great. If, or let me say this, what if, what if, we're being lulled into a false security in a fake contentment. And we miss the end for which God gave those things. What if we miss it? Guys, you know this. I don't have to keep bringing it up, but we're living in a brand new world. We're living in a brand new world, guys, and... It's like somebody turned off the light. Okay? Can, can we be honest? January, we're like, yeah, 2020 is going to be good. Let's go. Let's go. New vision. Here we go. 2020. And then all of a sudden in March, somebody went, and they turned off the light. And we're like this. Whoa. Now, here's what we were hoping. If we're honest, we were hoping by September the light would be back on. Everybody thought, well, we'll be back to normal in just a little bit. Okay, I'll do my part. I'll stay home. I'll stay home. I'll, I'll do my part. But now September, we're going, man, it's still dark out there. It's still dark. Well, here's the thing, guys. You and I today are called to be a light no matter where we are. To be a light. You are to be what? You are where you are because God wants you to use you. And your job is to shine the light And every one of us, guys, should be occupying our streets, our jobs, our schools, shining the light of the gospel every place that God has. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why? Everybody say why. Because people matter most. Because people really matter, guys. So, with that mindset, people matter most, let's jump into the place, and let's look at a place that Jesus impacted. And let's sort of compare our lives to them, okay? We're going to compare our lives to Zacchaeus. And that's where we're going to pick it up. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 1, guys. It says this, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, 
But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Okay? Your attention, please. Jesus is out for a walk. He's just going for a walk, right? And he's going through Jericho. And the Bible tells us that there's a dude, a little dude, by the name of Zacchaeus. And the Bible also tells us that Zacchaeus is a tax collector, and the dude is rich. he got some bank. He's got some deep pockets. Now, a chief tax collector would. You need to understand that everybody in Israel hated tax collectors, but they hated the chief tax collectors even more. And so Jesus is going out for a walk. And there's Zacchaeus. And so it says, guys, that he wanted to see Jesus, Zacchaeus. But he couldn't because he's short and everybody was tall around him. He couldn't see Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, I want you to see this, guys. Look at verse 3. He sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of, could you help me with that word? The crowd. Everybody see the crowd? The crowd. Okay, see up there? (laughs) Verse 3. The crowd was in the way. The crowd was in the way. You ever go to a parade? Right? You ever go to a parade and everybody's in front of you? Like, you get the best seat. You get there like four hours early. You get the best seat. You go, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden, people start getting in front of you. They're out through there. And you're just like, I can't see the parade because of the crowd. And when they throw the candy, Jesse, you don't get any candy because you're back here and the crowd gets it before you. So, you know, candy. And Jesse needs candy. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zacchaeus. Okay, let's try this again. Everybody say Zacchaeus. I'm telling that so you stay awake. <laughs> he wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because of the crowd. You go, Ben, you said that. Well, here's my point. Here's what jumped out of the scriptures. You go, what's that? I really believe, listen to me, that people in Lubbock, Texas, desperately want and need to see Jesus, but the crowd keeps getting in the way. Crowd? Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, there are people who are part of the crowd that claim to be Christians, but in reality have not met Jesus in a real authentic way. Oh, 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 hold on. Are you listening to me? Did you hear? Guys, there are people, there are good people who, who claim, ah, I'm a Christian. I, I listen to Caleb. I have a bumper sticker on my car that says, follow me to church. I wear a t-shirt. I listen. I'm a, I'm a, I am, I am a, I'm a Christian. But unfortunately, if we're honest, they, they haven't met my Jesus in a real way. And as a result, guys, there, there are good people who claim to know God, but live like he doesn't exist. Come on, somebody. Do we know somebody? They claim to know God, but they live like he doesn't exist. And you go, you scratch your head. But you called, you said you were... You got the t-shirt yet? See, they're part of the crowd. They're part of the crowd. And I think the problem is the crowd, guys, is keeping people from seeing Jesus. 
You go, well, what should we do? Well, here's my prayer, guys, that you and I, you guys up for a task? You guys up for a task? That you and I would live with such passion for God and such purpose to shine the light, so much so you have so much passion and so much zeal that you genuinely thin out the crowd so everyone around you can see Jesus. You guys want to lose some friends? <laughs> Live passionately for Jesus. And your, your real friends will stick with you, but you'll have people go, dude's a little too radical. I went over to the house the other day, and we started talking about pizza, and they started talking about how Jesus was the dough of their life, and I mean, they were just like, you know... And the pepperoni was the spice that they want. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We live with such passion. Now I'm being silly, but you guys know what I'm saying. Guys, let's, let's try to thin out the crowd so people can see Jesus. What does that mean? Well, that means we've got to take a good look at our heart. God, where, where am I? Lisa, God's not asking you to be perfect. He knows you're not. But he wants you to live with such passion that, that all of a sudden it's like, wow, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Rosa, live with such passion that everybody around you goes, wow. Sarah, live with such, such purpose that the crowd thins out and they go, man, I want what you have. And none, nobody expects us to be perfect, church. Nobody expects us to be walking on water, if you guys know what I mean. But what they expect us to, to, to behave what we believe to behave that our God came from heaven, died on the cross, gave us new life, and that he has a plan and a purpose for us. We have to behave that way. We have to behave that way. That we really believe that Jesus is coming back for us. And we really believe that. And maybe we need to start thinning out stuff here on earth, getting rid of some stuff, having garage sales, saying, man, I just want to live, I just want to live... Well, it goes on in our word, guys. Look at verse 4. Don't worry, we only, have, we only have just a few verses, so don't be like, oh my gosh, we're going to be here till noon. 12 will win at the latest, I promise. <laughs> we have all of Adam's family getting up and walking. They're like, oh, 12 will win. No, no, just kidding, guys. You guys are awesome. Verse 4. So he ran ahead. Who is this? Zacchaeus. He climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And Jesus came to the place. He looked up, saw him, and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down, for today I must stay at your house. Isn't that a cool story? Zacchaeus is like, I can't see. I can't see. Hey, I got an idea. I'm going to go climb a tree. And so there he is, and here comes the crowd, and, and here comes Jesus. Jesus looks at him and says, Yo, Zeke, Zacchaeus, hey, we're having a barbecue at your house. Get down. That's what he's saying. I know you got some filet mignon in your freezer. Let's go. Chop, chop. But I think about Zacchaeus. I want you to think about him for just a minute. He, he was, help me, guys. He was a tax collector, big, important job. And he was rich. He had a lot of money. Carmen, why would he want to see Jesus? He had everything. I mean, Zacchaeus, although he was short, he probably had a nice three-chariot, you know, 
uh, garage. You know, I mean, he probably had a pool. He was, I mean, he's rich. He probably had service. I mean, what? He was on Easy Street, man. And I started to think about him. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to see... So, Listen, he was the chief... The chief tax collector did not climb trees. He was undignified. You understand that? And I started to think, Lord, do we... Listen to me, church. Do we really believe that people want to see Jesus and are doing whatever it takes to see him? Do we really believe that? And you go, well, I'm, I'm confused. How so? Well, Zacchaeus had no real reason to see Jesus. Think about it. He had an awesome job. He had awesome benefits. He was rich. But something made Zacchaeus climb a tree just to get a look at Jesus to have somewhat of an encounter. And you go, well, pastor, what's the point? Here's the point, guys. I believe people in our circles really want to see Jesus more than you think. Well, that's my boss. My boss doesn't want to. I mean, he's, he, it's my boss. He's, he's the owner of the company, and he doesn't. They want to see Jesus more than you think. I thought, wow. In your mind right now, Think about who you go, man, I don't know. I don't know if they're, they seem to be okay. They seem to be, they don't. You think about that one person that you go, that person right now that you think that you go, man, he's, nah, he's good. She's good. They have all the money in the bank. They seem secure. Got a great job, big position. Those people need to see Jesus, but they need to see the real Jesus. You know those people that we can't get through? I mean, you know, some of these, these, these higher-ups, even in, in, in our, our university, they need to see Jesus, don't you think? Amen. And I think they need to see Jesus more than we think. And I'm going, wow. So what does he do? Zacchaeus is sitting there. Jesus is talking to him. That's it. Hey, Zacchaeus, barbecue, your house. That's it. Look at verse 6. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. Joyfully. We're going to come into my house. The Lord's coming to my house. This is so cool. This is so cool. Here's the problem. The problem is we live in the real world, don't we? And, and there are times when I'll give an invitation. Hey, how many of you want to respond to Jesus? How many of you want to give your life to the Lord? And they'll respond, yes! And they'll Come and they'll pray a prayer only to walk out those doors and hit the real world. And they'll go home and their family will go, what did you do? I went to this church called Calvary Chapel. Calvary, what? What did you do? I gave my life to you. You did what? No, no, no. That's not who we are. We're... And then boom, boom, boom. Why? Notice the next verse. Notice the next verse with me, guys. Look at verse 7. But when they saw it, who? The crowd. They all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with this man who is a sinner. This is what the crowd responded. Now, I have to do a heart check. 
Okay, you guys want to do one with me? I have to do a heart. Do I act like the crowd sometimes when somebody gets saved? You go, no. Here's what we do. We go, I don't know if that's going to take. Did you, did you hear that, that Kanye West got saved? Well, I don't know about that. We'll just wait and see. We're the crowd, guys. I have to check my heart. Well, I don't know if so-and-so... You guys know what I'm saying. We, we, we right away, we, we... Well, and we say that. I don't know if it'll take. I don't know if it'll take. It'll take? Man, you pray the prayer. You give your life to the Lord. You mean it with all your heart. You're saved. The Bible doesn't say what it'll take. It says, confess and believe and you'll be saved. Let him do the changing. Let him do the change. Listen, when I got saved, I brought all kinds of baggage into my relationship with God. Right? He's like, Ben, what are you doing? What do you mean? These are my baggage. This is all my stuff. This is, yeah. I got more, Lord. He goes, I know. Let's start working with one at a time. And he starts taking the baggage. See, you don't need this. This is, this is healing. You need. But I brought it all in. Anybody still have baggage? Anybody still have a little baggage? It's like, oh, I hate the baggage. What about the backpack that you're not ready to get rid of? Lord, you can have all the baggage, right? But you have a big old backpack. That's my past. And I'm really messed. Anyway, I'm preaching. Sorry, 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 sorry. So what happens? When they saw it, they all complained. Another translation says this. All the people who saw it started grumbling. Here's what the people saw. You ready? They saw Jesus having dinner, barbecue, filet mignon, whatever you want to call it. And they said, man, he's getting comfortable with this crook. That's what the people saw. You know what Jesus saw? Jesus saw a life that really mattered. And Jesus saw the reaction that Zacchaeus had. What was it? Look at verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and, and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I have half my goods, I give half my goods to the poor, and have I taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. Why, Lord? For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was Lost. Now let me say this. Do you know how big of a deal this is? What do you mean? All Jesus did was take a walk, see a guy in a tree, and the next thing you know, this guy comes down from the tree and he has this awesome experience. Now here's what I do when I get to heaven. I'm going to look for Zacchaeus and say, tell me what happened at the house. Because all I have is that you came down from the tree and the next thing your life was changed. What happened? Well, you don't understand. When somebody meets Jesus for real, their lives are changed. Somebody meets you. They're they're different. They're different, man. They can't explain it. Zacchaeus, what happened? Well, Jesus came in. He sat down. We started talking. I said, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Guys, look, 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 look. Here is what revelation we need to get. If we're going to live what we believe, you go, what's that? One encounter with God was all it took. 
Here's what a transformed transformed life looks like. You ready? I'm saved. What does he do? I give half of my possessions to the poor. Say what? That's what he said. I, I give half my possessions to the poor. That's what he says. Why? Because he met Jesus. He met Jesus. And even though he was a crook, check it out, guys. He restored everything he stole four times over. You go, what does that mean? That means if I stole a hundred bucks from you, I'd have to pay you four hundred bucks. You go, what kind of saved is that? Isn't that, isn't that real salvation? Look, 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 look. Why would anyone want to do this? Because he met Jesus for real. Well, pastor, I'm not going to get saved now because then I'll have to give all my stuff away. And I'll have to pay everybody I stole stuff from. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your life will change. Your life will change. You see, people matter the most. And what God wants to do is he looks at you beautiful people and he says, I'm going to use you guys to change the world. I'm going to use you. And what he does is he says, okay, this is what? Back to church Sunday. But I'm taking it a step further because the church isn't in this building. The church is what you learn in here we need to take out there. Okay? So back to church means whatever you learn in here, let's be a light of Jesus out there. How are we going to be a light? I'll tell you how. Let's, let's, let's take care of single moms. Let's take care of single moms who need help. Maybe buy them groceries. Let's take care of veterans who served our country well. Let's take care of the police. Maybe buy them lunch. Whatever it might be. Let's shine. Why are you doing this? I met Jesus. He changed me. Yeah, but what are you doing this? You know, maybe it's not buying anybody anything, but it's going to your neighbor and saying, are you okay? Can I mow your yard? Can I do this? What do you need me to do? Guys, what if it's being a big brother, a big sister to to some kids who just don't have that? We can be a light. We can be a light. Okay. So, I'd like to close our study with this challenge. You guys ready? Right now, Zacchaeus was no longer defined by what he did. His past or his present. He wasn't defined that way. He was defined by who Jesus was to him. Wow. People matter in our world. And my God wants to use each and one of you to shine the light in a dark place. See, people need an encounter with God. There are a lot of people who are lost in our city. And the Word of God said that Jesus came to seek who? To seek and save those who are lost. Let me say this to you. You are no longer defined 
by who you are or what you do. You're defined by what Jesus says you are. You go, Ben, I'm not sure what that means. Guys, you are no longer the person that comes from a broken home. You are now someone that God can use to those who are hurt and lonely. You're no longer a person who doesn't trust anymore. Am I talking to somebody? You are now someone who feels trust of God in your life. He wants to use you for his glory, issues and all. Listen, I know you may not be where you want to be. But don't focus on that. And you go, why? Because you're not where you used to be. You may not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And the wind of God right now is blowing behind you. The Lord Jesus has his hand on you. And he's calling us to get out of our comfort zones and to go tell the world about God. But more importantly, to live it. Here's my last thought, okay? Do you guys remember when Jesus came riding in on the donkey? Right? Do you remember? He came riding in on the donkey. Do you know that the donkey woke up that morning just a donkey? But something incredible happened. You go, what's that? That day he was not just a donkey, but he was going to be a carrier of a king. And that's what God wants to do with you. Now here's the, here's the catch. Here's the rub. If you're a Christian, he wants to use you. He's going to use you. He's got a plan for your life. But if you're not a Christian, then you're going, Pastor, what, where does that leave me? And here's where you come in. Today is the day of salvation. See, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And you have to realize, I'm lost. And I need a Savior. Many of you in this room have done that. You've opened up your heart. You said yes. But what if you haven't? What if those of you watching online said, I haven't yet? Well, today's the most important day. Why? Because, guys, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that we need to be saved. We need, we need to be forgiven. We're full of guilt. We're a mess. We can't reconcile the stuff that we've done in the past. Look at, look at Zacchaeus. What is he going to do? How is he going to? No, no, he repented and he says, man, I'm going to make it right and I'm going to follow Jesus. And that's what he's asking for us. You go, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, here, here, here's the bottom line. I'm inviting you today to be part of the family of God. Let me say this. God loves you so much that he followed you to church. He followed you all the way. He's sitting next to you, and he's knocking on your heart, and he's saying, will you today surrender once and for all? Will you? And you go, Now, a couple of things are happening in your heart right now. Number one, you're either fighting it and going, well, I don't know what this pastor thinks. I can't believe that. 
you know, and he said some stuff, and I just, I don't agree with that. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Because you're not, you don't have to answer to me. But that's the war, because I remember doing that too. I remember crossing my arms going, hmm, what does he have to say? I was born a Catholic. I'm going to die a Catholic. I'm going to go to Catholic heaven. And I crashed my arms, and I really was fighting it in my spirit. But you know what? God said it's not about religion. He said it's about a relationship. And so I let go of my arms. I opened up. I asked God to come inside, and he saved me. I've never been the same. Let me let you on a secret. I have one regret. Eve, I have one regret that I didn't give my life to the Lord earlier. But if you're here today and God is knocking on your heart, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, what are people going to think? Who cares what people think? We don't care what people think. I just want to just pretend God's here. He's here. Just keep your eyes. Okay, what, what do I do about God? Here, here he is. He's sitting right in front of you. And he says, what are you going to do with my son Jesus? You say, I'm going I'm to confess my sins. I'm going to invite him inside. I'm going to be saved today. And you go, well, how do I do that? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to simply lift up your hand and say yes to him. And what do you mean? Why do I have to lift up my hand? Here's why. Because I want God to see your heart. Okay? Because you behave what you believe. And then I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to invite you just to, do, just to have a simple prayer and say yes to him. And, of course, those of you watching online, of course, you're sitting at home, you're watching, just lift up your hand. God sees you. God sees you. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word and the truth in your word. Thank you for little Jasper and the baby dedication. We love you so much. But now, God, we're, we're about kingdom business. And... And Lord, the reason you haven't returned is because there's people who need to be saved. And there might be people even in this room that need to be saved. And so I pray for them right now. Holy Spirit, do a work that only you can. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Ben, would you just pray for me? I want to surrender my life to God today. I want to surrender once and for all. I want to give my life to him. I've been walking in the world. I feel like Zacchaeus. I need to come. I want to have a real encounter with Jesus. You know where you can start? You can start right now by lifting up your hand and saying, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you, brother. I see you right in front. God bless you, brother. Anyone else? Anyone else? Today's the day. God's speaking to your heart, man. Today's the day. Just lift up your hand. God bless you, sir. I see you. I see you. Just lift up your hand. Today's the day. He's coming back for us, but you're making the decision to follow him. Once and for all. Is there anybody else? You just got to search your heart. Hey, God bless you, man. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. Today's the day. This is once and for all, guys. You're praying this prayer. You mean it with all of your heart. And you're going to follow God. Those of you that lifted up your hand, will you just pray this prayer with all of your heart? Would you just, I'm going to lead you, but you pray it your own way, okay? You ready? You say something like this, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me, and you were buried And the third day you rose again. And because you rose, I can be saved. I put my faith and trust in you. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, today to come into my heart, to be my Lord, 
to be my God, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.